Hey everyone, and welcome to the Living with Power Hope podcast. I'm your host, my name is Lena Ebuchamra, and I am so glad you're back. You guys know by now that every week or so on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we simply talk about hope. Hope, the belief that change is possible. We talk about how we lose it in this life, how we get it back, and really how to keep it for good. And so today, I gotta tell you, we're gonna talk about hope with one of the funnest, yes, I said funnest people in Christianity. I know that because I've watched a lot of her stuff online and she is as, what word should I use, Angie, as uh, out of the box as you could imagine, I think. Though one wouldn't think that at first. I used to think that she was so straight-laced and, you know, by the book, and then you start hearing her talk and you're like, okay, she's one of us. So I think you're going to love Angie Smith. She's the wife of, of course, Todd Smith of Sela. if you're you know, a listener to old-fashioned songs and some new ones too, and mom to Ellie, Abby, Kate, Audrey, and Charlotte. Um, She's gonna tell us a little bit more about her story and really became on the scene, so to speak, after her experience with Audrey, who you'll hear about in a moment. Now you might know her as a writer, author, Bible teacher. She's been with Women of Faith. She's just really an incredible person that I am just honored to have on the show. So Angie, how are you? I am good. That is a killer intro. You liked it? I love that. (laughs) Well, listen, I mean, I got to be honest, because what I said was true. I used to think, like, you know, you have a mental image of how people are going to be. And in my mind, you were like this Christian girl. I thought she grew up in a Christian home, had a straight lace, you know, sort of conservative background. And you're not that. No. Well, so, tell us I, a little bit about that. How did you become a Christian? I was actually in graduate school here in Nashville. I was at Vanderbilt. And um, I've been in a really abusive, just bad relationship for about six years. And some girls invited me to come to a Bible study. It was kind of strange how we got to know each other. But anyway, um, I didn't know what that was. I mean, I didn't, you know, I'd never... I had one Bible, Precious Moments Bible, which is what I ended up bringing the second time, because the first time, of course, I didn't have one. No one told me to bring a Bible to a Bible study. So That's funny. Uh, it, yeah. It, it, well, I think it's funny that you had a Precious Moments Bible. Like, what is that? Right? <laughs> I know. Like, who does that? And the saddest thing is, I think I got it in high school, maybe, or junior high. And I think I asked my dad to bring me, and huh. I just wrote to Angela Carol Batiata, which is my maiden name, and it says from, and I wrote in her parents. <laughs> <laughs> but I still have it. And um, so anyway, I went to the Bible study, and it was the Bible study Breaking Free by Beth Moore, which is a pretty intense, yeah. you know, study for your first one. It was awesome. And then it just sort of, like, progressed from there. Um, what was, out of curiosity, what was your background growing up? Were you guys just non-churchgoers or just sort of a priesters? Yeah. We would go, yeah, we were, my dad was um, raised whole family, very Italian, Catholic, uh, but we really didn't go unless it was, you know, a major holiday. That, that's an accurate description. I like that word. Yeah. And, and so, so when, and, and just also for anybody listening that might be on the younger side and sort of struggles sometimes to share the faith, I hear this so much. Like people just ask others to Bible study and to church and such, and it yeah. actually sometimes actually changes lives. Yeah, well, I will tell you how else it changed their lives. Um, they invited me to a single retreat, which sounded awful. 
but they both wanted to marry the same guy who's there. So I thought it was going to be hilarious. Um, <laughs> what happened? Um, they probably regret inviting me because I ended up marrying the guy. <laughs> you ended up marrying them? That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, we're super glad we invited you. <laughs> okay, that's funny. So, 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 tell us, so tell us a little bit about that because I know I, I didn't mean to put down Sila because I actually am one of those people who love Sila. But oh, it is yeah. it does remind me a bit of this, like, it's he's like the opposite. Like, tell us a bit about that, you know? Well, yeah, they do a lot of hints, which I, yeah, totally. And they're, I think that's such a cool thing, those mm. old songs that they sort of make their own. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just, honestly, like, I just never met a person like him. And so even, like, just seeing him on stage and he seems so genuine and... I don't know. I just, he was like the major church, right? I mean, here you were, you're like an adult believer and, you know, and sort of new to the Christian world, but he's like in like missionary kid, yes, the whole thing. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So it was definitely, in fact, the first thing I ever wrote about him, I have the journal page still just in a little note, like it says, God, I know you'd never give me him, but would you give me someone like him? Mm, that's it crazy. Felt, it, it felt exactly like that. Like what, you know, this person is, so far ahead of me in faith and truly I would say at that point I really wasn't a believer I had been um, going to RCIA which is the right of Christian initiation um, as an adult in the Catholic Church and I had just finished and I think at that point I would have thought I was a believer but I just had really had that moment mm. with Jesus so that came a little bit later but um, yeah I definitely did not think that he was going to go for me Wow. And now, did he have a head of hair back then? He did not. Wow. Uh, he shaved it in college, yes. So he was bald. In fact, later I saw pictures of him with hair, a mullet, to be specific, <laughs> and a gold chain and some back rack sweater. That's and funny. It was terrifying. It was really terrifying. So I'm glad that I met him when he was bald. Were, were you guys kids <laughs> of the 80s? I know. It sounds like you're dating yourself a little. That's very funny. I, uh, oh, yeah. That's pretty awesome. So now you hadn't yet completely surrendered to the Lord. What was the tipping point? Like, what, you know, what, when did you change? Was it just a process for you? I think I'm such an academic that it was very much a, how do I get out of this place where I'm taking bullet points and highlighting things and trying to prove God? Um, and I honestly, I still struggle with the academic side, um, mm. sorting out a true faith. And, um, you know, I can't read a book without a pen in my hand. It's mm. Everything is, and I struggle with that with the Bible. So I think that there was a period of time where I did that. And there just was a moment, January 17th, um, where I was in my car and it was screaming. And it's hard to even describe it. I just felt like all of a sudden there, there was a song playing on the radio that, something and I just started praying and kind of confessing and acknowledging God and I just had this time in the car mm -hmm. where I that I would say that that was the moment um, but the, the build up and sort of the background is, is that I really do struggle with being more of an academic in a space that requires a lot of faith right and um, and so somewhere along there, that moment happens. You marry your husband. What was your plan in life? What were you going to do with the rest of your life? Well, originally, I was in a PhD program for child psychology. I ended up getting my master's, and then I just felt like it was, the fit wasn't right mm -hmm. um, for what I was studying. So I stopped with a master's degree. 
I would have said at that point I would have gone on to do something in that space, research or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. came along. But then we got married and I got pregnant really quickly and it just sort of shifted. But I always worked in between. I feel like I, I'm kind of one of those people that likes, you know, yeah. even I was working in a photography studio or I did, I did a couple like tech jobs. I did some research stuff. I just, so I think it, it probably wasn't exactly what I predicted. I will tell you, it's not what I'm doing now. Yeah. <laughs> never, never on the radar. And and when you had your kids, like, for a while, you were going to... By the way, all girls, right? Yeah. All girls. Five girls. That's yeah. crazy, poor guy. Did he know what he was getting into? Who knows? No. <laughs> no, I mean, we don't even have twins in our family. So the first go-round, we were like, whoa, he's on the road. We're in this tiny apartment. You know, these little babies and in our closet and a little crib. The I first mean, yeah. two are twins? Yes, they're identical twins. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So and so, and so for a while, I'm sure you were like home and everything. And like, when did things start? Of, like, tell us, bring us up to speed now with like Audrey. Like, because that was sort of a big, that was the turning point in your life to what you're doing yeah. right now. That's, I would say the same thing. Yeah, I was, um, we have a twin. And then we had our daughter, Kate, um, who is a, wow, bit fire. Um, <laughs> She just turned 13. We like to joke that she's probably going to have a, a prison ministry for me inside of some place. Josh taught now. And then we got pregnant with Audrey, who, you know, I'm halfway through my pregnancy. We go in for an appointment. And just honestly, we were like, do you think we're going to get a boy? I mean, just, mm. that was the extent of our thought, uh, thought about that appointment. And so we went home and I, you know, who knew? As soon as she started looking, it was just like her face dropped, and not not. And she just kind of kept moving. It just we knew. Mm. Uh, I never said what's wrong. I said, "Is she gonna live?" And she just shook her head and said, "No." Wow. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the doctor. And she closed the door, and Todd and I are sitting in there, just in shock. Um, and then he came in and confirmed that she had a lot of medical issues that would make her the term they use just incompatible with life which is mm. strange and difficult and sort of sterile term but they uh, they recommended abortion um, we did not go that route we carried her and she had for about two and a half hours she'd be ten now which is wow. really really hard for me to wrap my brain around it just seems like it was a long time ago and it doesn't but she would be 10, and then we have our youngest daughter, Charlotte, who was born on my birthday, which I love. Wow. Yeah. So How old is she? Eight. Eight, twelve. So with Audrey, just to go back for a second, and so how long did you carry her knowing that she was not going to live? Um, several weeks. I was probably, the, the dating was a little bit off as far as um, how far I was, but it was yeah. early in 30-ish weeks. And then you went into labor and everything, like having a baby, and there was no sign of life at all when she was born, or was she breathing when she was born? Well, actually, it's an, I mean, it's kind of a strange story, I guess, and just due to some details about how delicate she was, they really knew that she would not survive traditional birth. Mm. Um, I've had a C-section, mm. but I, I asked my doctor if he would allow me to, um, and he did. So, wow. We had the C-section, and that that was really our, our best chance at saving wow. her life. Um, and so, yeah, so we did, and she she 
she was born breathing, teeny tiny, beautiful, red hair. Um, she weighed three pounds, two ounces, which I'll never forget because they said she'd never weighed over two. Wow. Um, and that felt like a really special moment. It started just thinking she, wrote, she had weight, you know, she had weight in the world. And um, so, yeah, we got to have her for two and a half hours alive. And she really didn't open her eyes, but she was breathing and we kind of all held her and just enjoyed the time that we did have or tried to, wow. you know. Um, and her passing was really peaceful in that we really didn't know the exact moment that it happened. Mm. Um, the nurses would come in and check every so often, and um, we had told them, you know, when she's gone, please don't say anything to mm. the girls were yeah. with us when we were so young. And so she just kind of nodded um, and sort of smoothed Audrey's dress down and... Um, and we knew that she was gone. So it, it well, you know, I think it's kind of just a, so, a little piece, despite the fact that it was the most horrific day of our lives. And so, I mean, you started blogging about it while you were going through. I mean, this was early stages when people were just starting to blog. But, like, yeah. if I recall, isn't that, like, you shared your experience with the world? I did because it was, and I didn't intend to. I mean, exactly what you said, the blog thing wasn't really a thing. And so... I, we just had a lot of people who were asking questions, and I was, it was hard for me mm. to keep answering them, and I felt like I just, in my mind, it was sort of like, I'm just going to post this here so that um, I can answer questions and sort of document what's going on so that I have it. Uh, it's not like there was one big, like, pitch. I don't even know how, how people started reading it. So, yeah, yeah but that was really, it, it was her that, um started it so and then you um like you like when the girls i mean even i'm trying to wrap my mind around that whole experience i mean how, your girls like were they how did they handle it did they know walking it like how did you react with the lord like walk us through some of the spiritual aspects of this like how do you you didn't get angry at god at all i'm flabbergasted by how many people i've interviewed who have gone through just tragedy and how god has been able to keep their hope intact like tell us a bit about what happened in that season you know yeah well for the girls they were the best way for us to explain it was just to describe what was going on with her there's a long backstory but we had a toy bunny that we had gotten on mark on his heart which is one of the issues that audrey had and we put a band-aid on it set the bunny on the chair and just kind of brought them around and said we you know there's something wrong with audrey and i don't we are going to pray and we are going to try to have hope, but it doesn't, you know. Yeah. As you may know, you may possibly know the doctors are very smart. <laughs> yeah. So um, it, it just didn't look like it was going to go that way. But um, we, they brought that bunny to so many places. And, you know, in their minds, they were like, let's take Audrey to the park. Mm. She's in my stomach. So they feel like everywhere I'm going, they're just going. And uh, so, yeah, we, we just we tried to live the most normal life that we could under those circumstances. But I would say that it would be wildly inaccurate for me to say I was never angry at God. Um, I, I was furious. Mm. I screamed often. And sometimes I meet people who say they, they wouldn't be, and I guess everyone has the right to experience their lives in the way that feels the most authentic to them. But it's hard for me to even comprehend 
that right. you would get to a place where you did feel that anger. And here's the deal. He knows what you're thinking anyway. Hmm. So it, it, it's not like you can hide the fact that you're angry. So I, I just think the best thing you can do is just bring it to him, you know? Just tell him you're angry. Have, you know, try to have that conversation instead of what I've seen in a lot of people is sort of eventually becoming bitter. Yeah. Um, and so I... Yeah, I'm, I've never been one to shy away from emotion, and God knows that. That's how he wired me. So I think it is just a combination of hope and reality. And it's, it's a tricky place to be, and it's a tricky place to, to try and parent well. What were like some of the practices that you maintained during that season that maybe allowed you to come out healthy and and fruitful on the other side of it like and, and maybe even talk to about your husband and you I mean how did you guys walk together as a couple what were some things he did that were maybe very healing for you as a couple um I think what one of the things is we just we really tried as hard as we could to live a normal life what would be the balance that we had always had um which is incredibly difficult but for the sake of our girls we you know, we, we wanted them to feel like things weren't going off the rails. Mm-hmm. Um, but there, I will say, too, you know, I don't, I talk about this often, but Todd um, and I did not deal with it in the same way mm-hmm. at all. And it's just, that's a very common thing. And there may be people listening right now who've gone through something like this and are frustrated with their husbands because they feel like they didn't care as much or they weren't as sensitive or as impacted or connected and the truth of the matter is I don't think there is a way that they can be to the extent that maybe people would love or to the extent that the woman is obviously we're I'm I'm feeling Mm -hmm. we're sick you know it's just and so it's amazing how many women have struggled with that and how many marriages have really been affected because there's this frustration and anger of why why do you care or why you know yeah. And it, it's not the case that they don't care. It's just that we process it differently and we experience it differently. Yeah. And, and so you, obviously your marriage is strong and I, I mean it's evident from the way that you relate to your husband publicly online I mean not that you know that's always accurate but you can get a feel for things and I mean yeah. I think you know clearly the Lord has has brought you guys close together through this would you say yes I would um, I wouldn't say immediately yeah but it was sort of that like I'm clinging to you after because you're you're the thing that I can get my hands on but I'm just so confused in my head and and, and then as you sort of start to go through the stages, for me at least, there's a sort of a push-pull thing with Todd, and, and maybe both of us, but this ache for something that was better mm-hmm. um, because we can't be gone, um, and also this sort of like desperate, you know, I just, I just need something that comforts me. And eventually, I think that if you're not careful with those feelings, you can really... I, I, I understand why so many people don't make it. It's yeah. a lot of emotions that you can't put neatly into a box, and they're, they're in the air between the two of you. Um, so it's, it's, it was piece by piece. Um, and there were times where it was really hard. Hmm. And it's, it's, it's better now. It's much better. But I think that it's fair as a couple to say, but commit to going through this process. And we're, we know that it isn't going to be this 
you know, beautiful, we're sitting at the table and doing devotions and the sun is out and the kids are smiling and playing. We we have to just come eye to eye and say, we are in this, but we're also students and we're in this. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wish I had great advice for that I actually appreciate that I think a lot of especially the quote unquote famous Christian couples like they make it look like you know there's no issues everything's great and man and everybody else I wish we had what but it's so honest to hear like you know this is a decision day by day to love in action not just in feel I mean this is really I think good uh, what did the Lord do like even now you think about like the moment like I've been hearing you talk about the 10 year you know anniversary yeah. what he should have been 10 years I mean there's pain still which is to me so understandable but like how has God met you personally like where you felt like the hope being like almost like lighting a candle back what did he do was it his word were there community friends people what were the things that you felt god did for you that he just alone could do well the the first thing that comes to mind and it could be because of where i'm sitting right now and what i'm looking at but our neighbors right after she passed away um we'd always come i I grew up in japan and i had i've always loved cherry blossom and i i think it was just that's how I thought of her. You know, they're mm. so bleeding. They're so beautiful. Delicate and such a strong part of my memories. And so after she passed away, some of our neighbors bought a cherry blossom tree. We planted it, um, and it never bloomed. And every year I just hated it. Hmm. Yeah, you know. And so we moved houses about eight years ago, and we replanted it in our front yard. And it never bloomed. And it just... It was so infuriating. So we had a, a tree expert come out and he looked at it. And, you know, he's like, I can charge you money to do this, but it's not a lot. So, you know, I don't see any signs that it could be. Um, and so we just finally decided to operate it and put um, a new one in its place. And it has a hole that runs through the base of it, and it's not in great shape. And last year, the entire thing bloomed. Oh, you're kidding me. That's so awesome. So, and this year as well. And we had had neighbors who walked around, and our neighbor across the street said, when I go for a walk, I pray for that tree. I think she laid hands on the one. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's such a good story. I can't even stand it. That is so cool. I know. And the, the crazy thing is the tree doctor, as he calls himself, <laughs> um, you know, he came back. He's not a believer at all, he, but he's enthusiastic about his profession and said, came back. And he looked at it and he said, I'm just going to tell you that there's, that is God. I, I wow. Think it doesn't make sense. I've never in my lifetime seen a tree grow. And he said, he kind of, I actually put the clip of him saying this on Instagram, but he's kind of like, you know, he, I don't remember the distances, but whatever it is, this was like double. I mean, and he just stared at it. And so the funny part is, um, a couple months ago, I went to a nursery around here to look at something else. I don't remember, some kind of, it wasn't a tree. I think it was something for my kids' project. And it pulled into the parking lot. And I saw the guy trying to help me get into a parking spot. And um, I recognized him, and I realized that it was the tree doctor. And hmm. so I rolled down my passenger side window, and I had a hat on. He, he didn't know who I was. And I said, hey, he, first of all, he didn't work there. He was randomly there for like a delivery. Like, hey, are you, are you, do you work on a tree? You know, and I said, the, the neighborhood, he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a miracle tree. That one's over there. <laughs> That's and awesome. Hilarious. And I said, I'm Angie. And I kind of took off my head. He's, oh my goodness, how's the tree? So his deal is now, we have some 
people who landscape in front of our yard, he's like, they don't touch this tree. <laughs> I use <laughs> That's so, funny. I mean, there are moments like that where you, it, it, I, I can't explain it. I mean, it, you know, and sort of like, I'll, I, rem, I will remember that. And so even in the moments where I start to think like, there is no hope. And God is like, you know, I, I, I teach about this sometimes, but hope often lies in it's the roots, you know, and, yeah. and scripture talks about it being rooted and grounded. And you can't see that. We can't, we can't see what is underground. What we, what we can see is what is grounded. We can see what's above us. Mm. We can touch it. We can make our own decisions about what it is. But, you know, and I, I laugh that the guy calls himself the tree doctor because, of, of course, he's set me up with a perfect, you know, Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. That is an awesome story. Him. Yeah. He doesn't know what's underneath the ground. He's not the great physician. He's right. the tree doctor. Um, and so I think sometimes the hope is buried. It's really deep. And... Um, we just have to trust and then, you know, it grows into what we're doing, but it's there. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, and so many people want to give up and cut down the tree. I mean, I can think of times in my yeah. life when I've been on the verge of that and then just God just surprising you, like sort of like the C.S. Lewis, surprised with joy and like little yeah. bursts of sunshine. This is awesome. Now, when did you realize like you had, you're a Bible teacher. I mean, you've written multiple books. I was on your website yesterday. Like how did that grow out of all of this? Well, the funny thing is, I, I always wanted to be a writer since I was a little girl. Um, I've always written. Um, and it, 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 the frank answer is I just didn't think I could make a career out of it because it's hard to do it. And mm. so I tried to be practical, as I always am. So I minored in English. It was always, it was always a minor. You know, I think that's yeah. actually probably a good analogy. Um, but I wouldn't dare make it my major. And so as this started happening, I felt like, for whatever reason, I think it just connected with people. I don't, I don't, I don't really know why. It's a God um, thing, I think, right? I, I mean, yeah, you, there's yeah. no real, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so that just turned into, um, originally it was a publisher coming to me about Audrey's story. Hmm. And, um, and so that, yeah, that was my first book. And um, I've never sought any of it. I've never sought a, a book contract or a speaking engagement. I just never have. And I think... Part of the protection in that was that it was Audrey, and it feels weird to be, I don't know, not like pushing something, or yeah. just seeking something when it's that sacred. Right. And I really think that that was the protection of the Lord to say, listen, what I have for you, I'll, I'll bring to you. I'll show it to you. You just tight and, and don't think that this is on your, you know, this is not your job. Right. So, That's good. Yeah. Uh, I like that so much. What's your favorite book that you've written? I would actually say that the only, I, the, the book that I'm the most, in a sense, that I'm the most honored to be a part of would be Seamless, the Bible study, mm. just because it was something I never, ever in a million years expected to do. And it it's something that's really important to me because of where I did start in my faith journey. I just didn't understand the Bible and I, as an intellectual, you want to be able to respect yeah. it. And, and I, I literally sat in a Christian bookstore with children's Bibles, with pictures. I mean, I started there, and I'm like, okay, this is kind of the general arc. All right, okay, this happened before that, great. Then I kept kind of getting to the harder ones, harder ones, until I graduated and doing no picture book. Um, yeah. And I felt really frustrated and really stupid that I, I couldn't make sense of the Bible. And so... 
I loved writing a Bible study that tells the Bible, like, this is chronologically what happened. You know, these are who the prophets were. These are who the judges were. This is why we needed them. This is what was happening in Israel. And it's just been so much fun to hear people talk about it. I think when, when you ask that question, what immediately resonated with me was that that one's not about me. Yeah. And it, it's about the Word. And so when people stand in line, it isn't necessarily like, oh, you're so fun. I'm so glad to meet you. It's like, I understand the Bible differently. That's awesome. And so that, to me, is just like... I, I don't even I don't even know how to respond to that other than just to say, how on earth, Lord? That's so good. Be the least likely person be involved in a project that sort of came full circle to something I would have loved to have had. So, um, yeah, how did you like even thinking through like did you ever how did you learn the Bible coming older to the Lord having the kids I mean you were hands were full I mean I want to talk a bit about that you know how do you maintain balance like a lot of women who get really busy with bringing up the kids trying to manage career yet you still made time to study the word to the point where you can write about it like how did you prioritize that how did that play out practically in your life well, from a super practical standpoint, I finally, I don't remember how many years into our marriage I was, but I read this book that's like the Bible in, I think it's 90 days, somewhere oh, around there. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty intense, but there's something to me about, like, I could do 90 days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I to that. So I just had daily reading. Um, and then sometimes I would, like, try and jump ahead a little bit, or I'd get behind, and it's not the end of the world. I don't know that I even did it in exactly 90, although I think I did some little type A with that. Yeah. But it, it was just a discipline to do that, but it was set up. I kind of drove to, like, I don't really work out, but when <laughs> I do, I need a class instead of me going to the gym trying to figure it out. Yeah. So for me, I, it was almost like an assignment. <laughs> yeah. I'm such a nerd. And so as I went through that, I would start asking myself, whoa, right? Why is this happening? I, I like to parse out thoughts. And so I'd read a passage and sort of make a note, like, why would he say that? Or who's he talking to? And so then, just like piece by piece, I think I started to understand it. Um, I, yeah, I didn't have a great plan, but I would say that that's, yeah. that was sort of the process. And now I was looking on your site again, yes, or, or somewhere I saw something that, you know, you've tapered back a bit and you're speaking this season because of the kids. Uh, in general, how, you know, people always, I find they ask me that too, like, how do, how do you manage everything? You know, they see a person who's a doctor, who's doing blah, 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 but, and it's always like, there's some trade-offs and I feel like you have made decisions that are intentional to prioritize things in your life that are important to you. How hard is that? I mean, how do you go about doing that? Is it different seasons in your life that, you know, sort of, how, you know, it's hard to say no to things that you might want to do but might yeah. not be best? Well, this is a really terrible answer. Um, and anyone who knows me will tell you that it's the truth, but it's not the appropriate answer for some, something like this um, <laughs> podcast. I, I would be strictly happy if I never left my house to teach again. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I want to be home. So it is, and I am terrified of, not terrified, I've gotten better at it, but I really don't, it is an act of obedience. That's the best way to say it. And so it's not hard for me to close my calendar. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> but I think too, like we, I think we screw everything up in a way. I mean, we, my kids have been homeschooled until this year. My girls are sophomores. So we've always had a full-time nanny because we needed help. Like, all right, you, you know, a sister wife, maybe. That's <laughs> yeah, funny. <laughs> um, 
you know, and it wasn't because we're these jerks and nannies. We don't want to take care of our kids. It's for that exact reason. We've got a lot on our plate, and how do we delegate where we can and prioritize where we need to? And um, but this year they're all in school, and so we've had and I just sort of like looked at each other, like, oh my gosh, our house is quiet. They were homeschooled and, until this year. Yeah. It was the last nanny that did you guys in, huh? You were like, no more. <laughs> For the listeners, I, I, I referred that. It was, I was involved in that last nanny, which was kind of fun. But I was laughing. I was like, oh, yeah, there's Ashley. There's homeschooling done. <laughs> Sweet Ashley, who now has another job that's really flexible. Yeah. Yesterday for a couple hours. That's awesome. Family, you know, but it's crazy. I saw my first kid ever get on school bus. Wow. Never seen a kid get on school bus, and both of our nannies, who have been with us for a long time, went off to the other one. Married, has a baby now. They're both kids. Oh. Oh, that's awesome. As soon as the driveway, Charlie got on the bus, and we're all teary eyed, like, "We've raised this girl." Until the that's hilarious. Like, You're free. Like, what are you doing? You're crying, and who are the parents? Like, it was, it was a very cute situation. But that's funny. It's just we've had a lot of great community and we've, we've messed up enough to try and figure out where we need to stop messing up. Oh, I like that. And I, I, I think, you know, it's evident, you know, you don't have a necessarily, and I don't say this insultingly, on the contrary, you don't have to have things, you don't have a perfect life, but you are surrendered and obedient and how God is meeting you in different seasons is, and to me, is so evident. Um, we're coming to the end and I thought I'd do something fun here, just like quick answers to yeah. some questions and then we'll kind of figure out a way to people to reach you but and i just thought of these random things some are harder than I others your favorite book of all times oh gosh i'm supposed to say the bible um <laughs> the bible is a cheesy <laughs> answer that's a todd smith answer <laughs> <laughs> um i it's like love i can't commit to one but i will say um i i love book redeeming love i've just always loved it mm. and I would say I love R.C. Sproul. I don't know. That's so hard. I hate that. It's a favorite. It's a horrible question. I know. We'll move on. Favorite movie. Favorite movie. (laughs) Oh, gosh. No. Oh. Category. Okay. Forget movie. Genre. Wait, what was it? Favorite movie or genre? Like, what do you like to watch? Genre. Well, see, I'm really into, um, I'm really into, like, a real-life crime season right now. So, um, I've never missed a date. The staircase. So, I know that that, absolutely, I don't know if you did it. Was there a bird? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I can't answer that. That's but good. There were feathers. That's I don't good. Know. That's good. <laughs> Places you'll never go again. One or two. Oh, again. Well, a couple I can't think. There are places I thought. <laughs> 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 there are some scary towns in America. That's funny. Um, so I would go back to every single one. I enjoyed all of the things that I ever did. I like no, that. No. That's good. What, these aren't good answers. Man, I'm, I know they're hard questions. I thought we would throw you in for a loop. What about, what do you do, what do, you do on your day off? Oh, Fun um, stuff. I like to read. I knit. Um, I watch. Um, You're a total homebody. It's awesome. Totally a homebody. I mean, I, now I'm like, they don't even need any. So all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I need a routine for like doing laundry and making sure the kids have their backpacks. And so <laughs> I'm definitely in a season of like transition. The other day, I was, I was like talking to my neighbor and I said, I've got to run down. I'm going to get Kate from volleyball and then I need to scoot over because I, I stopped my best when I got my involved
Uh-huh. Oh my gosh, I am a suburban housewife right now. <laughs> died laughing. I'm like, this is the craziest moment. So, that is funny. Body, but What's the best good. meal that you make? That I make? Mm-hmm. Todd just walked by me. I should have asked him. Um, here's a really good thing. It's not a meal. I really love the way they make Brussels sprouts. I'm not very good at cooking. Okay. But, that's good. I like yeah. Brussels sprouts. That works. Coffee or yeah. tea? Wait, what? Coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. Okay, best date, best date Todd's ever taken you on? The day we got engaged. The night we got engaged. He did a pretty good job. What was it, local? Just a highlight. Um, it was local. He, um, we, my friend told me I had a nail appointment. The best part is, like, I had gone to the store and picked out a ring, and he looked at Christ like, that's cute, that's not happening. And so I got to choose from three other rings, but I didn't know which one I was getting. So went back to the jewelry store um, like a week later, and the little guy Mike, who's like family and business, and I was like, "You sold that ring." The one that I loved, and, and he was like, he wouldn't tell me which of the three, but he's like someone from Chicago came in, and I was so that's sad cool. about it. Oh, that's so, a special day. Anyway, well, when Todd proposed, he had actually gotten the ring that I really wanted. He oh. surprised me, and then yeah, it took me a day. And it all—it's all been downhill since then. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way you can. Yeah. <laughs> Your Enneagram number? Two. Two? All right. That's good. Two. You guys, listeners who don't know the Enneagrams, go look it up and you can figure that out. Biggest, yeah, re- biggest, right. Biggest sure. regret in your life? Oh, that's a great question. And again, I feel like my answers are not appropriate for, um, for public mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's good. That's an answer right there. We'll finish with an easy one then. I'll let you off the hook. I've, I've never done a drug in my life, so don't go down that path. <laughs> that's good, yeah. So, all right, last, to lead into contact, what's your favorite app, uh, social media app? Facebook, Insta, Twitter, Snapchat? Oh, Instagram. Instagram. So how can people reach you? Actually, that's a great way to segue into... Yeah, the, Instagram is my favorite. I don't check Twitter very much. I don't usually look at Facebook. I don't think I even know how to get into my account. <laughs> um, but I am Angie Smith 19 on Instagram. That's awesome. Uh, what's your website, Angie, for those who want to look up your books too? Just say it out loud for them. Yeah, it is um, angiesmithonline.com. That's pretty easy. And she's yeah. a really fun person to follow on Instagram. And so y'all uh, just do that. And if you have any emails uh, that you want to ask, you know, questions for Angie, probably the best thing to do is get on her Insta and shoot her a message would be my guess, just because it's uh, what people yeah. do in 2018. Um, right? Yeah. Man, this has been fun. I um, wonder if you have anything, closing thoughts, closing comments. If not, I want to maybe even, a, let me just go back my computer just close I want to read this quote that is on your website which I think is really cool and maybe give you a minute to think about final thoughts you wrote on your website this is temporary our savior is coming and he will make all of this right eventually I love 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 that quote well I think that that's ultimately that is hope is that we we have to believe that there's something beyond all of this and I'm looking at the tree while I'm talking and I'm actually looking at the hole that runs through the middle of it. And um, it is temporary. And in the moments where it doesn't feel like it, I think we have to think about the fact that we can't see what's underground and we just have to trust and that it will bloom. So um, 
yeah, even if it feels buried, and even if that feels like something you don't know how to believe, you just you just have to keep saying it to yourself, and eventually, I think you can settle into a place where you believe that there are better things coming. Amen. And if anybody's looking for a great Bible study, I have so many friends who have done Seamless and have loved it. Uh, email me if you want a copy of the study and uh, I'll pick one person to win. But let's do it this way. Not a person, but a small group. If you have a small group, you're looking for a study, let's have uh, a giveaway for Seamless. And Irina, my assistant, loves when I do that because then she has to put it together. But she can handle it. And I hey, just want to say thank you so much for being on, Angie. It's been a lot of fun and um, just really enjoyed the conversation. Guys, if you're listening, um, you know how to reach me, Lena, L-I-N-A, at livingwithpower.org. It's been fun to be with you again. I'll catch you guys again next week. Hope you have an awesome, awesome day. Keep putting God first and keep hoping that God is for you because it's the truth. We know it and we believe it. And uh, I trust that God is working in your life even as we speak. You guys have a great day. Bye.